This is something new for me here, but something that I've done many times. But uh, Don, uh, Donnie being absent and and, uh, and uh, Jimmy being out of town, I'm sort of like third string. See, uh, only I'm retired as a pastor, and if you see any round white things, it's mothballs that I've. Uh, been left out, so I'm, I'm like not on the bench. I've been uh, retired for three years, and around here, I'm, I'm usually introduced as Gavin's grandfather, or, or uh, Kim's dad, or, or Sue's husband. But uh, I, uh, I come from Western Pennsylvania. Sue and I retired from the ministry three years ago. Uh, I uh, was a bivocational pastor there for 16 years. Uh, I was senior pastor for uh, 10 years. The church was brought from uh, never having a full-time pastor to me becoming the the first full-time pastor. And from there, I left and went to West Virginia for seven years and retired from there. Uh, I have a daughter that's still in western Pennsylvania. Of course, my daughter, Kim, we didn't choose between daughters. We chose climate. (laughs) I never complain about the heat. It seems funny. You can tell who the northerners are. They uh, put a coat on when they come indoors in the summer. And uh, the people who are down south will put a jacket on to go outside, and it's hot. So, but uh, we, we, we never complain. Uh, no matter how hot it is, I, I really enjoy uh, uh, North Carolina. I've, I've fallen in love with it and I'm glad to call it my home now. And... Uh, uh, as, as I think of all the things that, that have brought us to this point, I know God has, has brought us all to where we're at. He's aware of what, what we're doing even at this time, and he knows that, uh, that we are to honor and, and glorify him. Now, uh, in, your, in your bulletin, what uh, Donnie had to present, uh, you, you, that'll be for some other time. And what I want to talk about uh, t- today is uh, salt and light. Now, as I begin this message, it kind of reminds me of a stand here. Uh, I think of another preacher that was, that was preaching uh, uh, before his professor for the very first time. And he had taken charge of a, a church, and uh, the, the professor that, that was his favorite and his mentor as he went through school, he he called him up and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to be in town uh, Sunday morning. How about before service we uh, meet and have breakfast together? And, and the young pastor said, no. He says, I don't eat breakfast before I uh, give a message. I, I just can't do it. And, I, and he says, if I want to be emptied out and be filled with God's spirit and, and deliver uh, a, a powerful uh, message. He says, well, okay, I'll see you after the service then. And uh, the, the, the young pastor gave his message, and when it was over, he was greeting the people as they went out the door. And as this professor came up, he, he says, well, how'd you like the message? And the professor looked at him and said, well, you should have ate breakfast. <laughs> so, so, so just to save you that, I did eat breakfast this morning. <laughs> but I want to talk about the... Uh, two things this morning that, that are uh, very um, well known to us, and the scripture is well known as well. It'll be Matthew 5, 18 and 13, 
or excuse me, 18 to sit through 16. If you'd like to uh, turn your Bible on or open it up, if you have it with you, and uh, that's something that's new to me. We never turned Bibles on. We opened them up. <laughs> Even tuning radios or everything had knobs and such, and we don't have those today. But uh, what I want, uh, first of all, is to talk about salt, us being the salt of the earth. And, you know, if Christians make no difference and have no effect in the world around them, they are of little value in the kingdom of God. If we are to uh, be, uh, if we are too much, should I say, like the world, if we, if we blend in and, and nobody can tell a difference in our lives, if, if we're too much like the world, how can we change it? And it seems today like the church is being changed by the world instead of the world changing the church. The other thing that we'll, I'll talk about later is darkness. And, you know, there is a lot of darkness in this world. And we don't have to look far to see it. In fact, we know that, it, that the darkness is all around us. And, and we know that this country was uh, founded on Christian beliefs. And even today, it seems like everybody wants to walk away from that and, and go their own way. But there is but one way to the kingdom of God, and that is through Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He is the way. He is the truth and the light, is what he has told us. But as we are uh, to be the season of the, of the earth, as we are to season it, as we are to make a difference, as salt would do, then we know that we have to be different. We have to be Christ-like. As seasoning has no flavor... It has no value. Christians should not blend in with everyone else. We should uh, affect others positively, just as season brings out the best flavor in food. Now, in Matthew five thirteen, and these are the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And that's the New King James Version. Now, Christ is stating here quite clearly that the source of our influence is found in the person that we are. We are to be salt. We are to be light. We are to be salt of the earth. You are salt. He didn't say that that the, uh, you, you have, that you have salt or that you d dispense salt. He said, you are salt. You are the salt that flavors the earth. Only as obedient Christians are we worth our salt. You ever heard that same, saying, worth your salt? Only, only if we are obedient to Christ 
Are we worth our salt? Christians are to be the salt. They must be an example of purity. The Romans contended that uh, uh, salt was the purest thing that they knew. You know, salt, the only salt that they knew of, came from the sun and the sea. And they considered that to be the purest form. So Christians must hold high standards of purity and speech, conduct, and thought, and actions. To model Christ, we must be like him. And, and that only makes sense. But it's not something that's easy to do. In fact, for the, the natural man, it's something that, that's very different. So we need to be salt. So if we are going to be salt, we have to, in every aspect of our life, reflect Christ. And to do that, we have to, to receive the power of his spirit in our lives so that, that we have that change, that want, that desire, that makes us who we are, followers of the Most High. You know, we're very fortunate here to have Jimmy as our pastor and, and also Donnie as the uh, uh, community pastor here. And, and uh, we look forward to Adam serving as a worship uh, minister here. And, you know, we have a strong church, a church that, that speaks truth. And I am enlightened every time I come in here, and I'm, I'm recharged in my spirit because of the things that, that your pastor tells you. And many times we take them for granted, and, and many times we don't tell him exactly how he's changing and influencing our lives through the, through the Word of God. And we are blessed here. We, we can become recharged every Sunday. When we gather for worship, you know, we bring into worship that which God has blessed us with, that we can share in, 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 in collection and time and talents and treasures, that we can do the things that God would have us to do. You know, salt, it can't be ignored. It has a positive influence, and that's what we are, and that's what you receive in the church. We cannot fail to recognize its presence, salt, too much salt in food, you know that right away. And what's one of the things you mostly hear at, at the dinner table? Uh, it may need a little salt. Uh, I have high blood pressure and, and limit my salt, so I, uh, that's something that, you know, boy, a good salty potato chip or, or just to dump all that salt in them French fries, huh? Try that without any salt. Hey. You know it's missing. You know that it's missing. And this world would be missing without our influence. Christian, Christians are to influence others. People will be aware of it. They'll be aware of salt. <laughs> if you have a wound, if you have a cut, just pour a little salt on it, see if you don't notice it. <laughs> You'll notice it right away. Yeah. It's not always welcome, but it will be recognized. That salt has a healing effect, too. But isn't it strange that with Christians, it, it's somewhere like that? You'll be noticed as a, as a uh, Christian. You won't always be uh, appreciated. And we can expect that, but we will be noticed. We will, and our lives shine as a light as well. 
and will be noticed and, and, and judged by others. Christians are to be pure then. Christ said, you are the salt of the earth. Since we are salt, we are to set our preserving and purifying influence where? Well, when Christ said, you are the salt of the earth, the earth is the key word. Where we are in our jobs, in our workaday world. I I heard Jimmy uh, say the other day, bloom where you're planted. That's something I used to tell uh, my congregation. No matter where you're at, bloom. Be that example to people. Be that guiding to them. Be that spice in their life. You know, salt as a preservative, and it's been a preservative for uh, since ancient times, it has preserved food. Can you imagine the world and what it would be like without the influence of Christians? I think what's preserving the world today. And as I said earlier, that, that in our nation and, and certainly in the world, they're trying to take Christianity out of everything. Well, I got news for them. You can't take God out of anything. God is supreme. He is the supreme being. You can't go anywhere where God isn't. You can't hide from him. You can't run from him. Ask that guy to spend a a few days in the belly of a well. We know that uh, salt can also be an, an antiseptic, as I said. And I also, you know, I gargle with salt water the first time I, I feel a little itch in my throat. And if I get it right away, it seems to take that sore throat away. So, so it, is, it is something that, that uh, uh, helps, uh, helps us to stay healthy. We do it for relief to, to uh, kill germs. As I said, salt has a, a flavoring influence. Without salt, f- food has little, if any, flavor. Salt brings out the best in food, and that's what we're to be or we're to do with people. Bring out the best in them. Be an influence so that they can see that there's something missing in their life so that they would have a desire to come to know Christ. We lend flavor to life then. Those who think uh, life has no flavor, they're wrong. The joy of the Christian faith is not boring. We live in Christ, and that's as live as we can get. Have you ever heard a person say, I didn't get anything out of church? I say, what did they bring to church? Because we are the church, each and every one of us. We are the bride of Christ. We are his. We belong to him. All our possessions, all our time, talent, energy are really his to begin with. And we share part of that when we come to church. Salt in, in, in Jesus' day came from the Dead Sea as a natural salt. It would lose its saltiness in time, or it could lose it. And what happens if salt loses its saltiness? That's what Jesus was referring to. He greatly complimented his disciples when he called them the salt of the earth. But he also had a a desire to impress a warning upon them that they could lose their saltiness. 
that they could give up their influence. I think that's another danger for the church today, that we can stop influencing our community. We can stop outreaching. We can start turning inward and not outward. See, our mission, and we're all called to be missions, is right outside these doors. And there is a lot of darkness out there, as I said earlier, and it brings us to the second point of of the sermon today. And Matthew 4, 16 says this, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. Now, there can be two meanings to this, two, two meanings to light itself. Uh, literally, it can, you can say when you, you're talking about shedding a little light on a subject, that, that you're imparting understanding, knowledge, or truth. Let's, let's, let's shed a little light on the subject. Let's, let's bring out the truth. That's, that's what we'll say. And there's also, in in the sense of a physical sense, too, you can literally uh, sit in darkness. How many in here were were, uh, uh, affected by the power outage the other night? (laughs) Yeah. You know where I was? (laughs) It's kind of funny when I think about it. I was in our walk-in closet, (laughs) and I was getting ready for... uh, for bed, and Sue was already in bed, and it seems funny when anything like that happens. Lights went out, and Sue said, are you all right? <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, my, in my thinking, I'm, I'm going to say, I didn't do it. <laughs> Not my fault. But what I did notice is how dark it was. I mean, I'm, I'm in the closet, and it wasn't long, though, you, uh, you could start seeing uh, some lights. You know, I looked outside, and it was kind of eerie because the power was off. The whole neighborhood was, was dark, but everybody has those little uh, solar-powered little lanterns, you know? They were sticking out. Just Boy, they showed up more than they ever did before. The whole neighborhood's full of them. I wish I'd invented them. But you can sit in literal darkness, and I found myself in that situation. You know, I uh, said and told you that I was bivocational. I was a coal miner for 20 years. And in the coal mine, you can be in total darkness. Now, every coal miner that, that you see, he has a, a light on his cap, and I wore one for 20 years. And everywhere that that light shines, your light shines. And you think that, that after a while that, that, you're in, that you're in the light because you can't move faster than that light. Did you ever come into a darker room and, and turn on a light? The darkness flees immediately. That's like the presence of God the truth of Christ in a subject. Darkness flees. It can ha- light can have no part of the darkness. But on your cap lamp, you had two lights, two beams in that light. 
one, two. The reason you had two is that the one burned out, you turned the other one on. Unless, of course, you're like me, and your light burns out, and you turn your next beam on, and oh yeah, that burned out the other day. <laughs> you are in total darkness. You can't see anything. You can't, you, it, it's strange, because your mind starts imagining things right away. You think that you can see your hand in front of your face, but you can't see it. You think that maybe you know where you're at because your mind remembers what you were doing at the time the lights went out, but you can't. And what you're supposed to do, according to the safety regulations, is just to sit down and wait for somebody to come and find you. So you're literally sitting in total darkness. And I think of this scripture when I think of that. Because there are so many people that are blinded today by the knowledge that has been imparted to them until the light of Christ shines in on their life. Now, when you sit there long enough, sooner or later, somebody comes looking for you. See, when you go into the coal mines, you have a little tag that, that you take off of your, where your light is stored and put it on a board at the end of the shift to make sure everybody made it out. They look at that board, and if there's a tag missing, they know that that person hasn't showed up. So they go look for them. But in that total darkness, you can see a light, and it's somebody coming. And I think of Christianity and a Christian coming into my life. It was the same way. It was another coal miner. It was a big, burly-type fella. He had fingers like hammer handles. In fact, we used to tease him. We called them hammer handles. But he got strong as an ox, but gentle as a lamb. He knew Christ. He never got mad. I could see that there was something in his life. Things didn't go wrong. He would call him a heathen. He said, you might as well give up, heathen. I'm going to work on you till you do. That was his favorite saying. But he, he, was, he just... He, he just showed you Christ in his attitude. And I realized that there was something missing in my life. And that light of Christ was shining in that coal mine. And you know, a, a strange, another strange thing about a coal mine and a light is, is now where I was at, we went down a shaft and then we went on out into the, the coal seam. But it was, uh, I think it was six miles to the, the drift mouth of the, of the uh, mine, and the one job that I had, I had to run uh, a, a trolley jeep out to get supplies to the, to the uh, surface, is that at one point in that mine, you'd come up, and you would see the, the drift mouth, which would be the opening to the mouth, and it would be so bright, everything would light up white, because it, your eyes were so accustomed to that darkness. So that's what it's like when we come into the light of Christ. It's an awakening. It's, 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 it's where the truth of, of, of why we are here, what, what we were uh, uh, created for, comes to light. We realize that we belong to Christ. And we accept him. And then the light comes into our life. Yes. You can sit in total darkness until that light shines upon you. 
In Matthew 5, 14, which we read, may well be the greatest compliment to a Christian. You are the light of the world. You are. You are that light shining in the darkness. You are that light that brings the light and the truth of Jesus Christ into people's lives. Now, how is this light to shine? Verse 16. I have four things. These uh, would have been in your uh, fill in the blanks instead of planet of the apes, okay? We are to shine constantly. We're not to turn on and off like a flashlight, like the one that I had. We are to shine constantly, no matter where we find ourselves or who we're with. We should shine naturally. You know, one of the things that I, I love about North Carolina are the birds singing. Mockingbirds, there ain't any mockingbirds in Pennsylvania. Oh, by the way, I wanted to tell you where I, I was from. I'm from a, a very famous, smallest town you ever think of. It's uh, where the groundhog comes out and sees a shadow. Punxsutawney, it's in western Pennsylvania. That's our home. That's that's where we were from. But uh, nevertheless, when I come here and heard these birds singing, it is so natural. To get up in the morning and, and, and even in the evening, all times, there's birds singing. And they sing not because they're told to. It's, it's because it's a natural thing for them to do. And that's what's supposed to be natural about being a Christian. We're, our light is to shine naturally. We Christians should shine before others naturally. Number three, we are to shine sacrificially. You know, light is always costly. Turn all the lights on in your house and you'll find out. Oh, you already know that. Your, parent, your children take care of that for you, do they? <laughs> I take care of it at my house. Always leave the light on for some reason. But it, it costs. It costs. As, a, as a, a candle burns, it grows shorter. As you uh, burn an oil lamp, it uses up the oil. As you turn on a flashlight, uh, it, it consumes the battery and the power in them. We must be willing to sacrifice a bit of our lives each day we live. We must consider ourselves then expendable. You know, instead of looking out for number one, be expendable. That means that we're going to think more about others than ourselves. We're going to take that backseat and give it to somebody else. We're going to be expendable. We're going to give of our substance. We're going to give of our time. You know, we may want to tell people how to be a Christian or what a Christian is, but they're they don't care how much we know until they see how much we care. So we show that by caring for others and giving ourselves of them. And fourth, we should shine openly. We, we, 
we are never to be ashamed of our relationship with Jesus Christ. With Jesus and with what Jesus commanded us is to be nothing less than what he himself claimed to be. Not only claimed to be, but he did. He gave up his life for us. I mean, he's our sacrifice. Almighty God of the universe, creator of all that there is, came to this earth for us to be a sacrifice for what we have done. He gave it all. Our sins nailed to that cross because he was willing to do so. He did it. Our purpose, Jesus said, we are to shine before others so that they will see the good works that we do and glorify our Father in heaven. Never is our shining, though, meant to draw attention to ourselves. Light is to be seen. <laughs> you know, it's a funny thing about light. <laughs> it is to be seen. When I shine light, this one doesn't shine very good, but when I shine light, I don't look at the light. I look where the light is shining. How many of you have ever taken your kids camping? First thing the young child wants to do is carry the flashlight, yeah. You ever walk in the woods with, a, you know, and there's roots and everything else to, to trip over? Yeah, shining in the trees, shining in your eyes. We are, we are a shine light on the pathway. Christ is a light unto our feet. You know, in the olden days, lighting wasn't good. Uh, an oil light or a candle didn't show a lot of light, so a lot of the lanterns were put on a stick so you could, you could hold them down and see where you're walking. A light unto our feet. We are to shine a clear path to Christ with our lives. We are to shine so others can find their way to him. And we don't put a candle under a bush. We put it on a candlestick and let it shine. In Bible time, they didn't have matches, so they didn't want that candle to go out. Christianity is to be seen in you. Christianity should be visible to everyone. Your life should shine as a light from, from the sun. And that's S-O-N. And you ought to reflect like light does off a mirror. We should mirror image Christ. Light is the guide. You know, as I said about shining light uh, as you walk, when you've been in an airplane, when you, when you line up on a the runway, they have a, a row of lights, and they're pointing the way to the runway. Now, you don't want to land on those lights. You want to land on a runway. So they give you that safe approach. That's what we are to do so they can make a safe landing home with Christ. It's where we belong. Christian life must make it clear to others the way to Christ. Christians must be an example. Our world needs guiding lights today, lights they can see. If you're under a bushel, it won't be seen at all. So we're not to, like, fit in with the crowd and turn our light out when we're around certain people. 
but let it shine brighter. Let it shine so others can see there's a difference in our lives. Christ makes a difference. He changes us. As I said about sitting in the darkness of a coma, you know, when you'd hold your hand out in front of your face and think you could see, that's the way the people that live without Christ, they think they know what's better. They think they can see what, what the secrets of life are. The mystery of life. The only mystery is the way God loves us so and that we are created for that fellowship with him. That's our reason. That's the mystery of life. That we were created for the fellowship with God. Now, since Adam and Eve, that had been spoiled. But through the light of Jesus Christ, we can come to him. He said, I am the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father except by me. I'm so thankful that there is but one way, one light, one truth, and that being our Lord. That's being our approach. You know, light is also to warn, and I think that's a responsibility of, of Christians today. To warn others about what's coming. You know, we can know that and see that railroad lights uh, at a crossing, flashing, means a train's coming. Lights on a lighthouse warn us that the, the coast is near and for ships to set their course in the proper direction. There are many people today that their life's headed in the wrong direction. And we need to help them find their way. I have a feeling that Jesus did not say passively, you are the light of the world. I'm rather convinced that he said, you are the light of the world. You. And he was talking to those disciples just the same as he's talking to us today. Hear his words today. You are the light of the world. Jesus did not say in time, you will bring the light. It's not by things we say or even the deeds we do, but by the people that we are. We can be the light of the world light of the world today as we have that desire in our heart to let our light shine shine for Christ let us pray Heavenly Father you have given us a calling you have given us direction You've given us a purpose in our Christian lives that we are to guide others to you. We are not that light. We only reflect that light that you have given us. We thank you for that truth we have in our hearts. We thank you for all that you have said and all that you've done and all that you've accomplished so that we might be acceptable in your sight And Lord, as unworthy as we are, and I feel so unworthy to 
have this opportunity to speak your word. But I would ask that you would use it to shine light into our hearts that we might want to reflect you in a positive way, that we might be the season and the salt of the earth, that we could bring flavor into this stale society that's bent on walking away from you. Help us, Lord, to be that salt. Help us, Lord, to be the light of the world. And you had said, Lord, while you were in the world, you were the light of the world. But now we are to be that light. And I thank you. Thank you for this church and for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.